0: Hey, it's good to see you today. Good to see you. Glad to have all of you that are online as well, but it's nice to have people in the house. I'm looking forward to preaching to actual bodies in the room this morning been weird. It's been weird, but you have been very gracious and you have been so, so dedicated and faithful to be online with us week in and week out. We will continue to do that. We have people literally from all over the world that are tuning in now and watching Genu live on Sunday morning. And so uh, we're thankful for that. We really are. Hey, today is Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. And uh, today is the day that in the book of Acts, the New Testament church was uh, was formed or or established, I guess, much like we are going today, we're going to have a rebirth this morning. That sound okay to you guys? All right, let's stand all over the room one more time. Those of you that are online, you pay attention to this because this affects you as well. What I want us to do today and and to acknowledge Pentecost Sunday is to just take a moment and corporately at home and here in this building to consecrate ourselves and this campus afresh and anew for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go forward in that. How many of you are with me this morning? Okay. Come on, lift your hands all over the place online as well. Let's pray this prayer this morning. Father, we thank you today for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you, you told us through your son. He said it to us through the, through the disciples. He said, it's, it's important that I go away. It's better that I go away because if I go away, then I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the friend. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And we celebrate that today, God, the birth of the New Testament church and the rebirth of joining together to together again corporately at Generations United Church. We consecrate this place, we consecrate our lives to you today, God, afresh and anew because your word teaches us that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So today, God, we consecrate this day and this house and our lives to you, afresh and anew, and we are rebirthed today to do your bidding and do your work in fulfilling the Great Commission here in this area and around the world. And all of you that are online and those present in the house all said amen, amen and amen. Come on, one more time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. All right. Wow. You can be seated. Great crowd here this morning. We, uh, we honestly didn't have a clue as to what we were going to expect today. And, uh, but thankful, thankfully, you guys are here, and we are so appreciative of those that are continuing to, to join us online. Uh, today is the final in the series that I've been doing the last few weeks on Lessons from the Storm. We're looking at lesson number three today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn to John 16, you can pay attention in version and follow along. My notes are there. Today I'm going to use the message uh, translation exclusively. Uh, I just like the way Peterson says the things in this passage, and uh, I think it just really speaks in modern-day language and kind of gets it to where we live this morning. Now, and now as we... Uh, you're going to hear more and more about stuff at GenU as we unroll, uh, unfold things and roll things out over the next few weeks and next couple of months. Uh, things are going to look different in a lot of different ways, um, and uh, we're not back fully in the office yet. Uh, that's going to come at some point. We don't know what that's going to look like. I can tell you this, that we are here on Mondays for now. And probably we'll be through the summer and uh, and then we'll see what, what transpires later. We've got some plans for that building down there to enhance group life and some other stuff. We'll tell you more about that as we get started. I'm as nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof this morning. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is, but I am sweating bad. I even wore a t-shirt this morning thinking that would help a little bit. But anyway, here we go. John, uh, John 16, first five verses. I've told you these things to prepare you for rough times ahead. They're going to throw you out of the meeting places. There will even come a time when anyone who kills you will think he's doing God a favor. They will do these things because they never really understood the Father. I've told you these things so that when the time comes and they start in on you, you will be well-warned and ready for them. I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, but now I am on my way to the one who sent me Not one of you has asked, where are you going? So the final lesson that I want to look, it's in in six parts today. We're going to hit it pretty quickly, uh, is this, that Jesus prepares us for the storm. Jesus prepares us for the storm. That's what we see in here. So let's look at the first thing that he does. He lets us see the clouds. He lets us see the clouds. One of the things that we, having. The, the, the privilege, I guess, of living here on the Gulf Coast, and I've been a native uh, panhandle Floridian my entire life. You know, you can see the storms coming off the Gulf, and you can see the clouds building. And when these thunderstorms, this time of year, we've had a little bit more than we typically have in May, I think. But, but I can tell you this, in the summer when it's really hot, you start seeing the clouds gathering in the afternoons, and those thunderstorms pop up and all this kind of stuff. We see the clouds coming. We know the storm is going to happen. We know that it's there. Jesus does that for us. He's done that for us in his word. He's told us in his word that there are things that are gonna happen. I don't know that any of us should have been caught off guard by this pandemic. And you say, well, we didn't really know what this was. And I'm not talking about the pandemic specifically. I'm just talking about storms, difficulties, problems that we face. That's just part of that's part of life. Next Sunday, what I'm gonna do next Sunday is there's been so much talk about. Is this God's judgment? And I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but this next Sunday morning, I want to talk to you about what I think the Bible says about the season that we've been living in. What about the birth pains? I'm going to talk about that next Sunday and kind of unpack that for us. But today, let's look at it. He lets us see the clouds so that our fears will be lessened. If you see the clouds coming, you're better prepared, Right? Your fear is less. If you know that it's coming, you've got time to prepare. You've not got time to do some things. So he, he lets us see the clouds so that our fears will be lessened. The second thing he does is he lets us see the clouds so that we're going to be more secure in him. Remember, when you remember even more than the storm is the fact that Jesus has prepared you to endure those types of things. He told you it was going to happen. There's going to be this sense of security and you're going to, we should be saying as his children, hey, you know what? God knew this was going to happen. He knew what was going to pass. He's prepared me for this and he's told me that I'm not going to go through anything that I'm not going to be able to handle it along with him. And so we know that he's prepared it so we'll be more secure in in our relationship with him. And then the third thing about the storms and telling us that it's coming is because the timing is right. There's a time for us to hear God talk to us about the storms of life. And for the disciples, this was the time. And this story we're looking at in John 16, this was the story. It was the time that he told them about that. He said, while I was with you, I didn't tell you these things. I'm waiting until now because the timing is right. Because I'm going to leave and you're going to be asking questions and you're going to be battered and you're going to be bruised and you're going to be wondering what's happening. So I'm going to tell you ahead of time that trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. They probably, in that moment, they probably weren't thinking that it was going to be in the next 24 hours. But that's exactly what was going on here. So he tells us these things so that we will see the clouds. So be prepared so that that we're more secure in him and because the timing is right. The second reason that he he, uh, prepares us for the storm is this. He assures us that he has our best interest in mind. This is what he said to them in verse 6 and 7. Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. Now you think about this. When someone we start talking about difficulties and stuff like that, it would be much easier if we we lived a Christian life that was problem-free, right? No? No? Yeah, maybe. You know? I mean, there's some people out there that tell you, hey, if you get saved, all your troubles go away. You come to Jesus, all your problems are gonna go away. You're gonna have great money, you're gonna have wealth in your banking account, you're problem-free, you're gonna have divine health, all this kind of stuff. The problem with that is that Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say that. Nowhere in scripture does it say that. And so we're sitting here this morning, but he tells us. That instead, talking to the disciples, the longer I've told you about this, guys, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come, speaking of the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. He said, I got to go away. I want you to understand that the storm that you're, that that this storm that you're about to encounter, I'm going to be working in this storm. As a matter of fact, in all things, I'm going to be working and I'm going to be working to bring good things in your life. The good things is not an absence of storms and difficulties. It's not even an understanding of the storm, but the good that I'm going to be bringing into your life is to conform you into my image, to make you more like me so that you can see a better image of the father. That's the whole point of this. Now, humanly speaking and personally speaking, when we're in the middle of the storm, none of us really feel like that, do we? We get this storm, we go, oh, praise God, this is just another way that I can be molded in the image of Christ. We don't, we don't do that. We go, ha, 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 ha. again? And you know what? Sometimes we get in these cycles where we have these, it's seasons of multiple storms. You know, you got, you know, and maybe that's been you during this time. You know, we got this pandemic that's hit the world and, and, and all this, and maybe early on it was just the pandemic and then you had to stay at home and then maybe your job fizzled out and, and then you got your stimulus and you spent it the first day you got it and, and all that kind of stuff. And now things are getting tight and you're going, what am I going to do now? And you just, and then your car breaks down and the air conditioner goes out and, and you just kind of go, really, really? See, this is the type of stuff that Jesus is trying to prepare us for. Humanly speaking, when we're in the middle of the storm, none of us really go, yay, I'm going to be conformed some more. (laughs) Even though that's what's happening. Number three, he sends us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes to minister to us. He sends us the paraclete, the one who walks alongside of us. He sends the Holy Spirit to minister and to comfort us during the dark times of our lives. He said in in verse seven, if I don't leave, the friend won't come. If I don't go away, he's looking at these guys and they've walked with him for three and a half years. They've been right by his side. They've seen all the miracles. They've been a part of it. They're a part of that inner circle. And he's looking at them and going, look, guys, I've got to go away because if I don't, the Holy Spirit can't come. I've got to go away because the Holy Spirit needs to come. The Holy Spirit can't come and help you until I leave. I'm a person. I'm a human being on this earth. I can only help a few people at a time right now because I'm in human form. But I've got to go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit who can help every one of my children simultaneously and meet every need of their life the way they need to be met. That's the whole point of what the Holy Spirit came to do. Everybody tracking with me this morning? After I'm gone, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will do what? He's going to reveal truth about sin. He's going to reveal God's justice. He's going to guide us as believers in full truth. And and the Holy Spirit is going to glorify God through us in the storms. In all four Gospels, it's recorded that Jesus told the believers that he would send the Holy Spirit to us to comfort, to walk alongside, and to minister to us. Number four. He gives us just enough light for today. Now, this is another one of those things that, that if, if I really had an audience with God, I probably would go, why don't you give us the full picture? Why don't you give us the full picture? But he doesn't do that. He doesn't show us all the, everything that's out there. He doesn't show us everything that's coming. He reveals enough knowledge to help us get through this storm. He doesn't let us see the end of the storm. He just says to the disciples and to us. Look, go here. Go to the other side. You can't see the other side. You can't see what storm is going to be there. Will there be a storm after the storm? He doesn't give us enough. He gives us just enough to get through the storm. Look at verse 16. In a day or so, you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so, you will see me. Now, can you imagine these 12 guys sitting in this room, listening to Jesus? He goes, in a day or two, you're not going to see me anymore. Then, then in another day or two, you will. And they're just going, huh? What? You know, we're like, we fished for a living. You know, we just, we cast nets and we pull fish in and we do this kind of stuff. And so, you know, we do all these kind of things. What do you mean? We're going to see you for another day. Then we're not going to see you. Then we're going to see you again. What Are you going somewhere? Verse 17 Peterson says this, that stirred up a hornet's nest of questions. I, yeah, you think? I think so. What's he talking about? In a day or so, you're not going to see me, but then in another day, you will. What is this day or so? We don't know what he's talking about. You go all the way back up to verse 12 in John 16, and he says this, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. It's kind of almost like, you know, um, in, in um, I can't think of the name of the movie, A Few Good Men, Jack Nicholson you can't handle the truth. you know. I can kind of see Jesus sitting around going, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle everything that you need to to know right now. Verse 23, back down to where we were. You'll no longer be so full of questions. This is what I want you to do. And folks, listen to this. Jesus speaking. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I have revealed to you. We ask questions about stuff that hasn't been revealed, but yet Jesus says, ask about the things that have. Deuteronomy says this, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us. We ask the Father about the things that are revealed. We ask questions about the things that are revealed to us. They're about to enter this storm. They're asking a typical question, why is this happening? He says, when that time comes, you're not going to have to ask me about anything. Verse 24, I love this. Ask in my name according to my will, and he most certainly will give it to you. And your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Ask in my name according to my will. How do you know God's will? You got to read the book. You got to read the book. Yeah, but I just, I I haven't read it, but I just kind of feel like God would want me to do this. Be careful of that feeling stuff, because it could be too much pizza during pandemic. It could be. It could be that that your emotions are so raw that you can't trust them anyway. Yeah, but I just feel in my heart. Well, what does the Bible talk about our heart? The Bible says that our heart is the most deceitful part of us. We can't even understand it ourselves. So we have to be careful when we ask, we ask according to the will of God that is revealed in his word and he most certainly will give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Verse 25, I've used figures of speech in telling you these things. In other words, I've kind of given you analogies and stuff like that. Soon I'll drop that and just tell you about the father in plain language. So here's the deal. We're talking about giving us just enough light for the day. When he prepares us for the storm, he gives us just enough light. How many of you have started going to restaurants in the last couple of weeks? Five of you. Okay. No, it's more than that. Okay, you go out in the evenings. You get in your car. You have a a great time with your wife and your family at a restaurant. You get in your car. It's dark. You turn the lights on. The lights only shine a few hundred feet ahead of you, but you can't see your house from the restaurant. Now, what would happen if you said, I'm going to turn the lights of my car on, and if I can't see my house, I'm not going? If I can't see my house, I am not going. No, you don't do that. You'd use the light that is available to you. You use a few hundred feet at a time to move toward your your destination. You start moving the car in the right direction and the light just stays a few hundred feet ahead of you. And as you move the car, the light gives you what you need in that moment. It's the same way during the storm. Jesus said, you're not ready to get everything uh, full on. It's okay. I'm just going to give you enough light to see where you are right now. And your job is to just keep walking. Our problem is, when we get into a storm, is this, God, I'm not going any further, and yes, you give me more light, and then the light stops. It stops because of our pride and our rebellion against the things of God. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Notice it says, walking in the light, not standing in the light. Walking in the light. Are you listening online? It's not about standing. Standing fast and going, I'm not going to move until you give me the full picture, God. And God's going, you're not going to get the full picture. I told you you're not going to get the full picture. I revealed what you need. And what you need is to begin to walk in the light. And as you walk, the light will stay ahead of you. Walking in the light, not standing in the light. He gives us just enough light for the now. Number five, he reminds us of his unconditional love. He assured them, do you finally believe, in fact, you're about about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me, but I'm not abandoned because the Father is with me. Verse 33, I've told you all this, and I love the way he he writes this, I have told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart I've conquered the world. I've conquered the world. Look, he's telling the disciples exactly what they're gonna do in the next few minutes, in the next few hours. He's saying to them, guys, in a few minutes, things are gonna get they're gonna drastically change around. We're gonna go for a little bit of walk, and then some of you are gonna get tired, and then in the middle of the night, there's gonna be these soldiers, and there's gonna be lanterns, and I'm gonna be arrested, and all this kind of stuff. They're gonna take me away from you, and I want you to know that what you're going to be doing when the storm comes, when I need you the most, instead of staying with me and being courageous, you're going to run and you're going to scatter. And it's in this moment that Peter, the impetuous guy steps up and he says, Lord, I don't know about the rest of these guys, but you can count on me. If everyone leaves you, I never will. And Jesus looked at him and he said, not true, buddy. Not true. I can't trust you, Peter, because you're going to run. You're going to do more than these guys. They're going to run. But before the rooster crows, you're going to actually deny that you even know me. Now, notice what Jesus said to him. He said, these things I have said to you so that you will have peace because of me. He's telling them about their denial. He's telling them about their cowardice. He's telling them what they're going to do when, when, when the storm hits like a, like a hurricane in that, in that garden. But he's also telling, because I'm telling you this, you need to have some peace. What does he mean? Peter, when you deny me the rooster cr- and the rooster crows, you're going to weep bitterly. You're going to run out of the garden. You're going to say, how can I do this to the one I love? He's looking at the disciples and he's going, guys, you're going to run. You're going to go into a closed room. You're going to lock the doors and you're going to huddle in there like a bunch of cowards thinking that you're going to be next. You're going to hear news on the street about this man who was unjustly accused. And you're going to go on this guilt trip because you ran in the garden. You're gonna feel so bad, you're gonna feel so unworthy, you're gonna feel rotten down deep inside because you'll know that when I needed you right in the middle of my storm, you deserted me. But when you scatter, now listen to me guys, here in this house and online, listen to me this morning. When you scatter, when you fail, when you come short of the glory of God, when you don't measure up, when you sin after making promise, after promise, after promise, I want you to know that I knew that it was gonna happen and I want you to have peace because of me. I knew that you were gonna fail, I've told you ahead of time that you're gonna make mistakes, but I want you to understand that I love you unconditionally anyway. I love you anyway. Now I don't know what that does for you. But it's exciting to me when I understand that God loves me, not because I preach to you on Sunday mornings. I understand that although I am not always faithful to God, that God is always faithful to me and that Jesus never fails. He never, never fails. Last thing, number six. He gives us courage in spite of our circumstances. Jesus said, while you're in the world, you're going to suffer but cheer up, I've defeated the world." Basically what he was saying to this group of disciples, he said, in the next 48 hours, the world is gonna throw everything they can on top of me. You're gonna see me encounter the worst that the world has to offer. And I want you to understand that when I encounter the worst that the world has to offer, I'm gonna be victorious. Cheer up, because I'm gonna overcome the world. You're gonna see me taken away. You're gonna see me in a mock trial. You're gonna see me die on the cross in the next couple of days. You're gonna see these things happening. But if you'll hang around for the third day, you're going to see me come back from the grave. I'm going to be resurrected from the dead. And I want you to understand that because I was victorious over the storm of death, you will be victorious over every storm that you encounter in life. That's what it's all about. Cheer up, Jesus said. I have overcome the world. Somebody needs to give the Lord a shout of praise in this house this morning. Right there where you are in your living room, give the Lord a shout of praise because he has overcome the world. Because he is victorious, we will be victorious. Everybody good? Let's stand all over the house. How does Jesus prepare us for the storm? He lets us see the clouds. He assures us that He has our best interest in mind. He sends the Holy Spirit to us. He gives us enough light for today. He reminds us of His unconditional love, and He gives us courage in spite of our circumstances. Generations United online and in this house, it's a new day, it's a new season. And we are genuine stronger. Amen. 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 Come on, give it up. Give it up. Yes. We will continue to know God. We will continue to live connected. And we will continue to make a difference in this world. Because of the Holy Spirit that is sent to walk alongside of us. Amen.